Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I've always been good friends with one of my cousins, Cole, who is the same age I am. The two of us were not quite inseparable, but we always did get along very well together and were often found together, both in school, as we'd always wound up in the same class together throughout elementary school, and outside of it too. We were 12 and in the 6th grade, I was hanging out with Cole on a Friday afternoon around the later part of May, and we were psyched because it was the start of the weekend. We wound up at his house since he didn't live too far from me and at one point my mum called to say that our grandpa was in the hospital. While the issue with our grandpa wasn't expected to be life-threatening, he was being kept at the hospital overnight for observation and both my parents and Coles were planning on staying with him and grandma at the hospital since my mum and her sister were the two of their siblings who lived close by. I was told that I was given the okay to stay at Cole's house for the night, with Cole's 15-year-old brother Hunter being in charge while our parents were out. This was fine by us because I got along well enough with Hunter and he was never the bossy older brother sort of cousin type that some of my other friends said that they had to put up with. So we ordered out for pizza and enjoyed goofing off as boys that age tend to do. And at around 9 or so there was a knock at the front door and Cole went to answer it. I was a bit curious as to who it could be at the time of night, and so I watched from a ways back. At the door were two older guys, and they said that they were with the city and that they were investigating reports about the water pressure supposedly being bad in the neighborhood. They asked Cole if his parents were home, and when Cole said that they were unavailable at that moment, which we were told to say to strangers if our parents weren't home, The guys started asking a bunch of questions about how the water pressure was in the house and if they could come inside to check. Hunter came over at that point and politely told the guys that the water pressure was fine and perhaps they should move on to check on other homes in the neighborhood. But the guys seemed reluctant to leave but eventually turned and walked away after Hunter started closing the door. After the door was shut, we just sort of looked at each other and shrugged, but didn't think too much of it after that and just went back to goofing off. 
Eventually, we decided to go to bed. Cole and Hunter shared a bedroom, and we all agreed that I'd sleep in there with them, rather than me hitting the sack on the couch or something like that, so that we could talk while we all just fell asleep, and Hunter grabbed a sleeping bag out of their camping supplies for me. When we got into their bedroom, they stripped down to their briefs, and I remember Cole had mentioned to me once in a while back that they had started sleeping in just their underwear. Since I hadn't originally planned on staying the night too, I hadn't brought anything with me from home as far as overnight stuff was concerned anyway. But since I wasn't in the mood to sleep in my clothes, I stripped down to my briefs as well. Though I felt a bit embarrassed, I'll admit, even though we were all guys there and I knew they wouldn't say anything or be judgmental. But they climbed into their beds and I quickly crawled into the sleeping bag and after talking for a while about random stuff, we eventually fell asleep. Early the next morning, I got up because I had to pee, and so I quietly got out of the sleeping bag and went and did my business in the bathroom. On the way back to the bedroom, I heard something in the family room, which was on the opposite end of the house from the bedrooms and particular bathroom that I was using. I didn't pay too much attention to it at the time, thinking that it must be either Cole or Hunter, until I got back into the bedroom and realized that both of them still in there. Trying not to panic now, I woke them up quickly and I told them that I thought somebody was in the house. They quietly followed me and the moment that we walked into the family room, we saw the two guys from the night before in there and it was rather clear that they were robbing the place. One of them started to move towards us as he pulled out a wicked looking knife the three of us promptly raced to the front door, somehow managed to get it unlocked and open, and we fled outside immediately. As luck would have it too, a cop was driving by at that very moment. We quickly flagged him down and told him about the two guys in the house. The cop called for backup, and within a couple of minutes, several other cops were there, and they proceeded to enter the house, and after some searching, they caught the two guys cops figured out that the two guys must have entered from a window in the laundry room that had a broken latch and it probably targeted that house because while it wasn't empty they probably realized that there were no adults there and figured that if we discovered them that we could have been more easily dealt with than adults could have. To add insult to injury though while we were waiting outside while the cops searched the house both to get the two guys and to make sure that there was no one else with them some of the neighbors came out to see what all the commotion was about, and this included some kids who went to the same school as Cole and me, including a few who were in our sixth grade class with us. It was during that time that the three of us realized that we never actually had a chance to get dressed, so just like in the stereotypical nightmare, we had to stand outside in full view of everyone in just our briefs for what seemed like forever before being allowed back inside. We went back to school on Monday. Cole and I had to put up with more than a bit of snickering stares and ribbing for the next few weeks until school ended for the summer. So, some setup stuff about myself before I get to the meat of the story. I'm half Native American and half Caucasian. Unfortunately, as I live in Oregon and my tribe lives elsewhere, and because of the pandemic going on right now, I haven't been able to visit my specific tribe as of yet. I'm over 18, though I don't want to disclose my own age for privacy reasons. 
I live with my mum, who is where I get my Caucasian from, and sister too, and my dad passed away about two and a half years ago. We also have three dogs of varying size and four outdoor cats. In the part of Oregon that I live in, never even ten minutes away from a forest, the twenty from a mountaintop, and even in cities too. There's plenty of forestry just pretty much everywhere, but I live just outside of one of these towns, only a short several minute drive away, but far enough to where light pollution doesn't heavily affect me and I can still see the stars rather clearly. I've lived in this house since I was a kid and though I've always gotten the creeps about this place since it's next to a giant forest, it's been a while since anything that I could categorize as paranormal happened to me. I'm also generally a pretty skeptical person and not so superstitious if I'm being honest. I think science could explain around 95% of the world's mysteries, though I've seen some stuff that I still have no rational explanation for, I'll admit. And the things that have happened to me over the past three days definitely fall solidly into that category. Uh, I know a decent bit about skinwalkers. They come from the Uet and Navajo tribe legends, being witches that are the antithesis to medicine men, commonly found around the Four Corners area of the US and around Navajo reservations, but my knowledge is limited to different internet retellings of the legends, so I only know a few baseline rules. Don't fall for their imitation voices. If you smell dead, rotting meat, then you need to leave ASAP. Don't acknowledge its presence directly. Don't say its name out loud unless you want to attract one, and if you want to harm one, you'll need white ashes, like that from burnt wood. You can also burn sage if you suspect one being near you or hunting you, and if you happen to spot its true human identity, then you can say its name and accuse it of being a skinwalker to apparently kill it. How much of that is true, I am still totally unsure of, obviously, for a number of reasons too, but... The largest being that I don't think any of the videos I watched were made by natives who would probably have more intimate knowledge of these creatures, but I could be talking out of my butt for sure on that one, and I don't know, it could be completely different for all I know. But also some background for this property too. According to the previous owners, who are a part of a family who have lived here for generations, there was once a log cabin built here on top of a native burial ground, which is also on a long inactive volcano. Sounds cliche, I know, but apparently it's absolutely true as far as I can tell. The burial ground part at least, and the inactive volcano part apparently is fully true as well, but I don't know. But what I do know is that there have been a, a number of odd, unexplainable phenomena here, which I'll try to keep short, but here it goes. So, the most notable one includes 12-foot metal doors belonging to a car paint booth being shook intensely by absolutely nothing. An old 50s metal gas oil can flying up from behind a ton of junk and flying directly at one of my dad's friends. A running sound, followed up by the mirror door in my parents' bedroom being shattered at 3am one night. And at the exact same time, my dad's best man apparently died. And needless to say that while I haven't encountered any Bigfoot or Mothman or anything like that, I've seen some stranger things that have no logical explanation. So the property I live on is around 10 acres in size. The house is decently large with a, a one-car garage and office, which is where my sister is currently chilling out at, next to it. 
and a large metal garage around 200 yards east from the house. The smaller garage and the house have motion lights all around their perimeters for proper illumination in case anything or anyone gets near the house, but the larger garage only has like a halogen bulb outside of its main door that went out last week in fact, and now at night that entire area of the property is just pitch black. The house has three doors too, two on a porch, two to the front yard and driveway, one to the laundry room and into the backyard. The one on the eastmost side is the living room one with nine windows and one of the doors, a kitchen area with a view onto the porch, another living room type area and then halfway to the bathrooms and the bedrooms too. The office in the smaller garage has two entrances, one heading directly into the backyard that's sliding glass and two partially iron, partially glass doors that head into the garage itself. The metal garage was actually built over the aforementioned cabin and has an attic that spans over the entire length of it. It has a car lift, a paint booth that can fit a limousine, a bathroom and also scaffolding with a heater in it, which is where apparently the gas can flew from. Around 15 feet behind the shop is a large forest that I've never stepped foot into due to there being a crazy old man living in it. While I haven't stepped into it too, my sister and her friends have headed in a few times, each time returning with odd objects too. Although they haven't gone into the forest for like several years now, I do remember them bringing out stuff like Baphomet statues, animal bones and weird sort of rocks before. Aside from these though, the only things we see out here animal-wise are does and baby deer just passing on through our yard to get into the forest. But now for the current events. So around 4am on Saturday night I was preparing to go to bed out in my family living room. My room is painted black and being the summer here it gets ridiculously hot at day and I don't have good AC at the moment so I'm sleeping out in the living room. But as I was about to go to sleep, I heard the cats fighting. Something not that odd, they're mostly males and get pretty riled up from time to time, but then I heard something else. There were three distinct knocks on one of my front doors. This immediately freaked me out for a few reasons. For one, it's like 4am and pitch black outside. And these knocks were far too loud for an animal to make and sounded just far too high for them either. And second, my motion tracker lights were still off. After the knocking, my dog's headed towards the other front door. This one is the partially iron one, partially glass, like those on the office, and they just completely lost their minds with barking, something they only ever do when they see something that they don't recognize. At this, I locked all my windows, closed all the blinds, and... I just sat on my couch bed. In my living room, facing out towards the front yard, there's a half circle shaped window with no blinds that allows me to see when the motion tracker turns on or off and I just sat there staring at this window for about an hour and a half until they finally came on and then the sun came up. I didn't really have the courage to go and look as to what caused the lights to trigger but anyway... The next morning, I asked my mum if she heard a knocking on the door to get a disturbing answer from her and my sister, because my mum had also heard the knocking, but also heard it on her windows to the bedroom, and my sister heard it knocking on the sliding glass door to the office too. 
I knew then that this was something that had knocked multiple times as there was just no way that I could have mistaken the tapping on my door for something tapping on my sister's door. While the sun was up, my sister and I bought some sage since from what I know it wards off skinwalkers and other things, but my mum accidentally misplaced it before we could burn it. By the time that we realized that we couldn't find it, the shop that we went to had closed so we had to just hope nothing worse would happen that night. But the second night was so much more disturbing than the first. While I didn't spot anything, I definitely heard a a loud ambient noise coming from the woods. The nearest broad comparison that I could make is like how a, a city sounds at night when there's construction but this sounded more natural in origin in some really odd way. Another much more niche comparison would be the song Cave of the Past from Earthbound as it's the only song that I can think of that fits the ambience. But I heard this thing for what must have been around half an hour while I walked my dogs in my front yard and while I wanted to just stay inside and drown out my paranoia with some anime, my mum had me take out the dogs claiming that there's nothing out there that could harm you. And this in spite of the fact that she heard the knocking the night before. As I was walking the last dog though, I heard something from the forest to the east and it sounded like maybe chanting? I only heard about one short sentence in some dialect that I couldn't discern, but that was all I needed to hear in order to head inside and lock everything up again. From there, I could hear the ambience, though, even inside my house, and was up again until the sun crested over the hills. But one more thing, too, about this night, though, was that there was a light that refused to go out. It was one of the motion trackers on the one car garage, and each time I would look out at it, I wouldn't see anything, but... Yet it just stayed on all throughout the night. Anyway, finally tonight I woke up late as staying up until sunrise tends to do that to me so I forgot to get the sage before I headed to work. Once I came home from work it was already dark out as I get off by the time the sun is setting. Around 2am I was taking out my dogs for the last time and tonight there wasn't any ambience or chanting and... I stayed strictly to the small plot of yard directly in front of my house, but as I was once again taking out the last dog, I heard a noise to the east, and this absolutely scared me half to death. It sounded like something absolutely enormous had been knocked over or thrown down, something that was loud enough for me to hear hundreds of yards away. Immediately too, I turned towards the noise and tugged on my dog's leash to drag them inside, keeping my back to the illuminated sections of my yard while I went in there. I've locked all my doors, my car, and all the other things that I can, and I've tried ignoring everything, but I just feel like I, I need some help now. These events are slowly escalating, and I only fear that tomorrow that... It could bring on a, a full-on encounter with whatever this is. The fact that it's happened three nights in a row really hasn't helped with my sleeping patterns, but thankfully I finally got some sleep last night. And while I think that it could be a skinwalker maybe, I, I also think that it could be a wendigo. They're similar in nature, but if it was the latter though, I have a hunch that it would have made itself more known already. Whereas with a skinwalker... I think it could be trying to lure me out to the darkness of the shop. 
I've been trying to get a hold of a medicine man here in Oregon, but all I can find on Google is old articles, almost as if it refuses to let me find the help that I need so desperately. If anyone knows where I could find one to come and bless the house and the property, I would be elated to get this over with. These past few nights alone have been just terrible, and I would rather not have to see what I've heard described many a times for myself. Anyway, thanks for listening if you've made it this far, and any advice is very much welcomed at this point. I swear to you too that everything that I'm telling you guys is true, although I will happily admit that everything that I've speculated about may not be. I just really want some peace and quiet out here again, and if you can help with that, I would really appreciate it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. At the time that this happened, I was 17 years old. and I had been living for a few years in a small house with my mom after my parents divorced six years ago. The house wasn't huge, but we had one floor with our bedrooms and a small garden. We also have a dog who isn't really that scary. He's just uh, one of those small dogs with like a, a lot of hair. His biggest default is that he barks a lot during the day every time somebody is close to the garden. That annoyed me too and my neighbors a lot as well, but it's important to recognize that my dogs never bark at night and always sleep in my bed with me. Anyway... One night in the middle of the night, I had a dream where I heard a constant dog barking, and in my dream I felt like it lasted for a thousand years, but I think it only lasted for maybe a few seconds, because when I woke up from that nightmare, I didn't feel the weight of my dog on my feet. I felt like something was wrong too, and then realized that my dog was actually barking and growling. I didn't understand what was happening, I just looked for my dog and saw him on the top of the stairs. His head sort of turned towards the front door. The door opening to the garage was actually on the side of the front door. I jumped out of my bed and I rushed to the top of the stairs where my dog was. And there was this shadow of a man standing just at the bottom of the stairs next to the front door. I wasn't even able to shout. I just took my dog in my arms by reflex and ran towards my mum's room. My mum had just woken up. She takes medication to sleep, so it's actually pretty hard to wake her up. But thank God that she did. And the door of her bedroom, thankfully, can be locked with a key too. Even though I was shaking like I never had, I still managed to lock the door. My mum understood immediately what was happening when we heard the footsteps coming up from the stairs. 
We froze in the corner of her bedroom and she grabbed her phone to call the cops. While we were trying to reach the cops too, the guy started shaking the door handle and then punching the door. After a moment he stopped and this psycho just laughed at us. That's when my mum came up with a great idea of shouting, I called the police, get out. After a moment we heard him going down the stairs, still laughing. We didn't dare move until we heard the police officers come through the door, but when they arrived, nobody was there. But in the living room on the table there was a note that apparently he must have written and it said, see you soon. He said later that apparently the guy got in and out by my garage which has a back door that at that time we always left opened. Immediately after that though we went to live with my grandparents for a while and moved out into a new house a couple of months later. We never did hear from this guy again but... We always check every door is locked before going to bed these days and I also have a bit of trouble sleeping ever since then. In fact, for almost a year after that, I would always wait until it was about 4am to go to sleep just to be sure that he didn't find us and try to sneak into our home again. When my son was six years old, we moved into a house where the elderly lady named Millie had unfortunately died. It was right next to my friend's house and they were having trouble renting it because everybody knew someone had died in this house. We were pretty much just starving students though, so we jumped at the chance to live in the house for cheap. Also, we weren't believers in ghosts or anything, so it wasn't like it was a problem. The house was nice and with a screened-in porch and large yard. And one morning, two months after moving in, I found my six-year-old son in his four-year-old brother's room. The six-year-old never slept with the four-year-old, but I went into his room and I found that he had moved a, a rocking chair, his toy box, and his clothes hamper up against his closet door. I asked him why he did this. The six-year-old's room was directly across from the bathroom and apparently he got up in the middle of the night and was sitting on the toilet when he saw a glow coming from down the hall. And he said that an old lady with a candle stopped at the bathroom door and looked at him. She then turned into his bedroom and went into his closet where she soon just disappeared. We didn't really know what Millie looked like so I asked him to describe her. I wasn't sure if it was just his imagination but he was truly terrifying even if it was just a dream. He said that she was very short with white hair. She had on a, a blue robe of some sort. He said the robe had lines on it, but he didn't think that they were printed, but he still thought that he saw lines on the robe. He was kind of obsessed with the lines and being six. He was having trouble describing it. But I went next door and asked my friend how tall Millie was. Oh, real short, she said. Maybe 4'7". And my hair started standing up then so I said do you know what color robe she had and she said Millie had a blue chenille robe I think that she wore pretty much every day and at that I really freaked out then because I realized that it was chenille fabric that he was trying to describe for the lines on the robe and a six-year-old at least mine there's just no way that they would know what this fabric was. 
I first thought that maybe the neighbor kids had told him about the old lady dying and it was just his imagination, but the thing with the rope was just disturbing. I mean, I couldn't imagine kids going into that kind of detail for just a, a prank. A few months later we moved though because my son just couldn't settle down and kept mentioning seeing this old lady. After hearing the story, his pediatrician told me, don't you dare tell this child that he did not see a ghost. I don't want him to think that he's crazy and how dare we assume that we know everything that there is to know in this universe. And to be honest, I thought the pediatrician was pretty wise in fact. And I must admit that he made me a bit of a believer. So I went out to eat with a couple of friends, one of whom was up from out of state to visit. We turned off this highway onto an exit, and right around the corner, just out of sight after the turn, a white car is parked mostly in the road, with the door open. There's no hazards on, and the guy is just sitting there in the car. I got a horrible and instant realization too that it looked intentional and not a problem with this car. And so I yelled at her to reverse immediately. But then, the guy gets out of his car, fists clenched, eyes bugged out of his head, stumbling and taking very strange sort of jerky steps directly towards us. She froze and started shaking, and I had to scream at her to reverse, even though cars are piling up behind us. I told her to let the cars go in front of us, to keep backing up slowly, and he ignores the other vehicles, still staring at the two girls in the front seat, just beelining right for us. We manage to pull up as the other vehicles are also trying to figure out what the heck is going on, and he seemed to get sort of confused by the moment of cars passing him now, and turns around and starts heading back to his vehicle. But I am positive that it was to grab some sort of a weapon or a gun or something, we manage to squeeze around and accelerate past him and she's sobbing now. I turn around and sure enough, he had something in his hand but it was a little too far to see exactly what it was and we were now out of distance so he couldn't really reach us. But I am absolutely certain that this guy was on heavy drugs and alcohol and was having some sort of a psychotic breakdown from the looks of him. He wasn't asking for help, he wasn't trying to rob anyone, this guy just blocked traffic on a highway with the intention of probably murdering the first person that he was able to block in. I only just got home from this too and I still have a lot of adrenaline rushing even now thinking about it but I think I just need to try and calm myself down. So, to put it as simply as I can, I was in a very terrifying relationship when I was pretty young. I had actually gotten married when I was 17 to my boyfriend of three years, and I'm just going to call him Dave, but Dave was a complete psycho. He was obsessed with blood, occult things, and Charles Manson even. He always talked about how if I left him to watch out for missing redheads on the news because he was going to find me and Ted Bundy me. And when I did finally leave him, it was really scary. He tried to end his own life. He totally tore his own arm open and wrote my name in his blood on our sheets and on my wall. I still had to stay there for a few days to pack my things though and I was terrified that he was going to kill me or himself. 
He kept saying things like, if I can't have you, then no one can, and in another world together, we can try again. What the heck, right? And I would also wake up to him standing over my bed while I was sleeping. But one night, a night that I'll never forget, I woke up to the sound of him saying, if I can't have her, then no one can. I froze, and I was scared because something was different about this time. I peeked my eyes open, but not enough to where he would know that I was awake. He was standing over me with a huge knife from our kitchen, and was tracing the tip of the knife up and down on his arm and whispering things to himself. I instantly turned toward him and opened my eyes, and we made eye contact. He stopped whispering. He started to walk toward me, and I just said, please don't. He stopped. He stared at me for a while and then walked to the stairs or the door of my room. He turned around at the door and stared at me for a while again with the knife in his hands and I didn't know if I was going to die or if it was him or not, but after a few minutes, he just walked down the stairs and he went to sleep. I'm a 31-year-old woman, and this happened a few years back. I was walking from a friend's house to meet my son's father, X, at a bar that we frequented in those days. It was winter, icy and snowing, with giant piles of snow all around. I was walking from a friend's house around 9pm down an alley that served as a driveway area for many houses. Not a great neighborhood by any means, but not particularly bad either. I was wearing my apocalypse boots, waterproof, knee-high, winterproof, and I usually have headphones in blaring music while I walk, but that night, for some reason I can't remember, I just decided not to. And in hindsight, that may have been the very thing that saved me. So I'm about the equivalent of two to three blocks away from the bar. There's a younger guy, early 20s, walking about 50 feet behind me, and he says, Hey you! I turn around. It seems that he's talking to somebody else. Hey. I look back, then continue walking. Yeah, you. No, don't turn around, sweetheart. I start to walk faster as I realize that he's getting closer. Ahead of me, I see an SUV running, backed out of a parking spot, but blocking my path, and I turn around, and there's another guy. The door to the SUV opens, and there's a couple of guys in it looking at me. One gets out and stands by the open door. I turn to look at the guy behind me, when out of nowhere, about five more guys come out, surrounding me from a distance, slowly closing in. The realization that they were hiding behind piles of plowed snow hits me, and I realize that they were just standing and watching me. A couple of them had their phones out and were recording something that was about to go down. Nobody was smiling, but they were closing in on me, trying to get me to walk to the SUV. A final flight kicked in though and I just decided that I didn't want to know what was about to happen to me. I wanted to catch them off guard so instead of running forward, I bolted to the left. And thank god for those boots, I could run across the ice no problem. I ended up cutting through a few yards and made it to the bar and eventually I got away. But if it weren't for the fact that that ice was so slippery and I had those boots on, I think that I would have been done for. I 
would like to start this off by saying that this actually took place a few years ago, but seemed relevant to share here because, well, a lot of people are doing online dating right now. So one summer when I was in law school, I was swiping through Tinder just looking for someone to hang out with. I matched with this guy who seemed pretty nice and looked good. Lots of shirtless photos if you catch my drift, and he was a counselor at a local high school in the metro area. We texted for a while, talked on the phone, and then decided to grab brunch the next weekend. I met him at the restaurant and we had brunch. He was nice, funny, made me laugh a lot. I think we both got a, a little bit tipsy and he said that he was going back to a barbecue at his friend's house after brunch and asked me to come with him. He seemed pretty cool and I was having a good time, so I agreed. I had to walk my dog because I hadn't anticipated being out that long, so I told him that I would meet him back at the restaurant in 30 minutes. He said that he really wanted to meet my dog and asked if he could come walk the dog with me, and I sort of thought about it for a second, but my place was just a total disaster, so I told him no in the end. But eventually, I came back to the restaurant and we grabbed an Uber to his friend's house. There were a bunch of people drinking and talking, and everyone was nice. They had the barbecue situation going on out back and we talked to some people and hung out, drank. He started to get drunk and also handsy so I told him that I wanted to drink and walked into the kitchen for some space. A couple of minutes later he comes into the kitchen and tries to kiss me. I kind of smiled at this and shrugged my way out of his grasp and I told him that I needed to go to the bathroom. I asked him to grab me a drink and meet me outside in the backyard and when I left the restroom, I just walked straight out the front door, two blocks down, and I took a right. I grabbed an Uber home, and I started getting calls and texts, but I blocked him. He tried to reach out over social media, but I also blocked him there too, and I pretty much totally forgot about him. But fast forward three years, I'm sitting on the couch just sort of chilling, reading through the local news on my phone, and I scroll and see a picture of this guy's face again. And he had been arrested for raping women that he met on Tinder all these years. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.